You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with Molly Ruggieri from Counterculture Club. Now, Staying sober during the holidays can be hard. You know, everywhere you go, there's parties, there's cocktails, there's more parties, there's probably more cocktails. And and what can you do? You know, our next guest is not a recovering alcoholic, but decided to stop drinking and pursue uh, a, a sober life. Now, Molly is a certified life coach and an alcohol freedom coach who leads a club of people who want to be active and do fun things that don't include alcohol. Simple, right? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Now we're going to learn a little bit more about this and she's going to join us on the Brand Butters podcast just in time for New Year's to give us uh, some ideas um, for ways to have fun that doesn't require drinking and also to hear a little bit more about her story. Super excited to welcome Molly to this episode of the Brand Butters podcast. Molly, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you uh, spending a few minutes with us this morning. Absolutely. Um, and, I, you know, I'm, I'm really curious. So I feel like everyone that quits drinking has a story. There's a reason. Um, would you mind sharing yours? Yeah. Um, so I I didn't start drinking until I was in college, really. Um, pretty honestly, a pretty traditional drinking story. It was a lot of binge drinking on the weekends, a lot of partying, uh, very normal. You know, we would drink. I wouldn't really drink during the week. I was very like high functioning, multiple internships, jobs, great grades, all that. Uh, and then when I graduated, I moved to New York City in 2012. Awesome. Um, and I continued to party because in New York City, mm-hmm. if anything, it's even more amped up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bars don't close till four. I worked in entertainment PR, so there was a lot of events and uh, a lot of drinking. And again, like you walk everywhere, so you're not driving. There just aren't as many parameters in place to like control your drinking so it became a bigger and bigger part of my life it was integral to my social life Um, all my friends were pretty much on the same page with it Uh, and I just got to a point where I realized that like this was the only thing I was doing for fun this was the way that I blew off steam this is the way that I was coping with uncomfortable emotions and I felt like it just wasn't healthy it wasn't serving me Uh, my mental health felt like it was suffering and I just got sick of like the, you know, grinding culture of New York. I was kind of entering my late 20s and I knew that I needed a change. I needed to recalibrate and like get healthier and get my life back on track. So I moved home to Charlotte in 2018, early 2018, and I decided to quit drinking and, and get sober. Awesome. Welcome back. Yeah, right. welcome home. Yeah. Thank so you for, uh, did you make that decision once you yeah. left New York that you came back and you're like, once I get to Charlotte, because you mentioned a lot of things in New York that made it easier, right? Just accessibility, mm-hmm. the timeline of you can drink till four in the morning. You don't have to worry about driving. So there's no issue there. So you're just walking everywhere. Did you just kind of make that decision? Hey, when I when I go to Charlotte, because a lot of those things would be different here, right? Like mm-hmm. the bars aren't open that late. You do have to worry about where you're driving. Maybe it's not as, uh, I mean, still parties in Charlotte, but it's not like New York City. I mean, let's be honest. If you've been in New York City and you've been to Charlotte, those are two separate places. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell me about that journey. Was it just cold turkey? Like I'm going to come back to Charlotte and I'm done. Yeah, I think it was, you know, a conversation I had with my family. I knew moving back here, they they lived in Charlotte at the time, so I knew I'd have that accountability. And um, so, yeah, that was the plan, like leave New York and quit drinking. 
So. Wow. And so Love you've it. achieved it. Yep. Wow. Good for you. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. You know, it's interesting because similar lifestyle, right? I went to a party school. I went to East Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, that's all we did, you know, like outside of school and, and, you know, jobs or whatever we did there. But uh, moved here and we're social beings, right? It seems like everywhere you go as in a social environment, that's that's what's going on, mm-hmm. like especially after hours, right? Right. Um, so last year, uh, I took off February, right? Shortest, shortest month, whatever. But it felt great. Mm-hmm. Sleeping was better. All of that. And it was just a February thing. And then what I pulled out of that was, you know what? I'm not going to have any drinks during the week. Mm-hmm. And and I'm still achieving that now. And it is so much better. My sleep's better. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it gives me, you know, just you wake up, you feel great. Uh, you know, the weekends you can look forward to if you, if you do want to have a drink or not. So that's been kind of my MO. But um, it served me well. That's and great. frankly, if you think about the caloric intake and everything about it, mm-hmm. it's, it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah. I mean, in college, I remember it was so hard to maintain like fitness goals because I would eat so healthy during the week and not drink. And then the weekends you'd be getting like drunk pizza, at, you know, two in the morning Blow and then I'd out. like get on the <laughs> scale and it'd be like four pounds heavier. And it just was like that cycling of like, getting a little closer to your goal and then falling backwards so for sure you know i i also went to a party school but i did play a sport which gave me a little bit more direction to not be a complete you know crazy person um but (laughs) at the same time yeah (laughs) like i am now but you look back on it i i think about this all the time Mm. like a we didn't have like a nutritionist that was telling us what to eat Mm. like we went and worked you know worked out five in the morning then you go to school then you go and you have practice for three and a half hours and guess what we were doing like going to wendy's going to zaxby's like i didn't know what the hell i look back on it i'm like if i didn't drink as much and i ate better I would have been a much better athlete. Our team would have been much better. It just like I guess now I'm just getting older and I think about that all the time. Yeah, and when it you're just in your never. 20s, you're like, yeah, whatever. whatever. You want. Yeah. yeah, but now yeah. you look back and sure. you're like the amount of like, energy or exercise, the things that we were doing. If you added the right fuel and didn't add the negative fuel, mm-hmm. whether that's alcohol, whether that's terrible, you know, food that you're eating, like it could have been totally different. I don't know. It's just mm-hmm. I. It, that's one thing I think about all the time. So mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I want to learn more about your business. So you not only took this idea, you came back from New York. Um, you said, I'm going to be done drinking. You worked with your family on that and that's incredible. But now you've created this counterculture club. There's a lot of really cool things that you do here. You offer memberships, but also you have a lot of cool things where you actually have coaching, um, that you can help out with people. You have different types of events. Tell us how you took really just an idea to become a better person for yourself into a business to help other people that clearly this is an issue that a lot of people challenge or challenging and especially during the pandemic yeah. right i mean alcoholism things like that i mean what have people been doing they've been at home forever right and they're just drinking yeah i mean talking about parameters like when the pandemic happened we're at home all day we lost our routines we lost those kind of like you can't drink from X to X because you're out and doing your job and doing your social activities and things like that, your workouts, but that was gone. So drinking did go up a lot during the pandemic for a lot of people like staying at home. Um, But to answer your question, yeah, I started this company, not as a company, I started it as a social group and a way for me to make friends that didn't drink alcohol. And it naturally evolved into becoming a business. Um, I guess August of 2020 was when I officially made it an LLC and turned it into a company. Good for you. But right in the middle know, of it. 
Yeah. I love it. Yeah, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't set out for it to be that way. I set out because I was like, I don't have any friends that don't drink and I don't know where to find them and I can't find any resources like locally in my city where that exists. So I'm going to make it. And that's what I that's what I did. Um, And I started it. It was I guess it was the fall of 2019. I don't know exactly when, but started with like coffee meetups and I literally posted on meetup and found a couple people and we got coffee and then the pandemic kind of changed the way that I thought it was going to be where instead of meeting in person we started to do virtual events and I realized that I could open it up to anybody in the world so now we have a membership community of people um, all over the world we have people in California and Arizona and uh, England and wow. I think Australia, New Zealand, like kind of all over the place. So that's been really cool too to have the in-person local component and then also this virtual community of like people from all over that we never would have met otherwise. Very cool. That is cool. Thank so, you. so with the community, what types of activities are you all doing? Uh, you know, how how are you all communicating about it, or you just having fun without it? you know, yeah. without the alcohol. Yeah, I mean, the yeah. events we offer, so we have, like I said, the membership community with uh, online events. So that's for our virtual and in-person members. We meet weekly on, on Zoom and we do kind of like a discussion, share circle, give support to each other. Uh, and then we have um, a like Slack channel. So we're staying in touch online. And then in Charlotte, we have, we do different events every month. So in the last month in December, we had a holiday party. A couple of the girls went to see Chelsea Handler last night. We have coffee meetups, we have dinner club. Um, and then we also do events for the public in Charlotte. So we did a huge happy hour event at Not Just Coffee last a couple months ago. Almost 200 people came wow. and we had like awesome. live music, tarot card readings, like non-alcoholic beers and drinks and really good food. We had a chef there, so. It's a it's a variety of things because we want to cater to everyone and, and different interests and make sure that, you know, we're showing that you can do just as much, if not more, without alcohol. I love it. Tell me, like, how many people are in the club? Like, what's the, the membership like? I mean, you go on your website, it's cool. Like, there's, you guys have a lot of stuff. And, I mean, you know, a photo kind of tells the whole story. And it looks awesome. Thank you. Yeah, it looks like you guys are having a blast. It is really fun. I mean, I will say I met some of my best friends through this group. I've accomplished, if nothing else, exactly what I was looking for, which is, you know, like-minded friends that are, you know, living a lifestyle that's the same as mine. And, you know, we're very different people. We don't, we're not exactly the same person, but we all are living either alcohol-free or alcohol-reduced, or we're looking for friendships that don't center around drinking. Um, But yeah, we have... I'm not sure the exact number at this point, but I say we've had at least like 100, 100 or so people. I love it. I want to know, um, tell us when you guys are doing these specific types of events, have how has uh, like really the community kind of jumped around this? I know there's a couple of different sponsors that you have on your website, um, but tell us how, how have people kind of embraced this? Because I think it's really cool and it's something that, you know, I have two kids where you know, when I first moved to Charlotte, it was like, what did you do on the weekends? It was like, we were at bars mm-hmm. like a lot. And mm-hmm. I look back on like the amount of money that I spent at a bar. It was, that's insane. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm like, wow, it's, this is pretty crazy. Well, now that I have two kids, like I'm not at bars anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Like we're trying to look and do things that doesn't involve drinking. Now I still do drink, but at the same time, like that's not like the center of my life that it was. Right. 
And it's kind of interesting because everything you read on like blogs, it's like best new breweries, mm-hmm. best. Th- I mean, it's kind of crazy mm-hmm. how that all is. So tell me, how has the community kind of embraced it? Um, I'm just curious to see kind of how that thought is or how that's gone. I mean, embraced is the word. Everybody has been super receptive. People like, I mean, the event we had a couple months ago is a testament to that. Like almost 200 people came out and they weren't all sober people. In fact, the majority probably weren't. They were people that wanted to take a night off of alcohol or were just curious to see what something like this was about or they were cutting back on their drinking or they didn't drink because they have you know health issues like there are tons of reasons why people don't drink Mm -hmm. but there are so few spaces I don't I really can't think of many at all that you can go to and guarantee that like there won't be alcohol there Mm -hmm. and for that reason like you said it's breweries it's it's that's our social life. That's kind of the fabric of our culture. So people just like don't have a place that they can go where they know like they won't be pressured to drink. So they appreciate and are really receptive to all the events we've done so far. It is kind of fascinating how society has changed. Um, and I'll be the first one to say like, I mean, breweries definitely go to those. Um, but it's interesting. I always look back on it. Like when I was a kid, like my dad wasn't taking me to a bar. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. But now, like, it's completely acceptable to take mm-hmm. children into breweries, into bars, into everything. Like, it's no big deal. If you took a three-year-old into a bar back in the 90s, people would be like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Like, he's a terrible parent. Yeah. Now you go to a brewery, there's more damn strollers out there than there are people drinking beer. I mean, like, it's it's kind of wild. So I, I, do you just think that's kind of like a society thing where that's kind of been, I, I don't know, like, the brewery is kind of like the place that you can, I don't know. It's kind of weird. I, yeah. I never really thought about it like yeah, it's this. It's like a but. gathering place. I yeah. mean, they have picnic tables, so obviously that's it's right. family oh, friendly. That's, right. yeah. um, <laughs> that's correct. I think it, it's the, this mommy wine culture is real. Yep. Like there's, it's, it's marketing, it's messaging. It's becoming more culturally acceptable for people to drink at any time of day. You mm-hmm. know, you throw some orange juice in your champagne and suddenly it's like a mimosa it's and it's cool to drink at 10 a.m. So it's all <laughs> just like the framing that we have in our society that's kind of, you know, you look around, you're like, oh, wait, we're drinking at a bar with our kids and this is normal. Mm-hmm. But it's just interesting. Like if you were drinking at home by yourself at the same time of day, it would be like you have an alcohol problem. Right. But right. if you're out with friends, it's it's totally fine. It's only social at that point. That's right. right. Exactly. <laughs> so where do you want this club to go? Um, you know, I think you said you said it from the beginning, like you created this to make friends and 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 kind of have friends that were more like-minded from that perspective and then it turned into a business and and now look i mean you're you're almost a year and a half into it Mm -hmm. and and now you're it's got to kind of be the time where it's like well where could i take this yeah you know like what what are we gonna do there's a lot of possibility for Mm -hmm. sure i mean i just quit my full-time job last month to pursue it full-time congrats and I think what we've created in Charlotte is really beautiful and it's awesome. And our members in other cities, they want it in their cities too. So, you know, we're kind of creating the model here that hopefully we can replicate in other cities and have this community everywhere. Because again, it's like we are trying to destigmatize the idea that you cannot drink and it doesn't mean anything about you. You know, mm-hmm. you can choose to not drink for whatever reason. You also don't have to commit to it forever or you know take on a label if you want to just experiment with this lifestyle and you know a lot of like you just said Scott like a lot of beauty can come from taking a break from drinking like you can feel better you can perform better you can eat healthier you can achieve all of your goals it's like we're focusing on the abundance of this lifestyle rather than like the deprivation of not being able to drink it's Mm -hmm. like a choice and it's a positive choice 
you're a very strong person. That's super clear, right? Because it's not easy to do. You're you're bas- you've basically changed everything you knew in New York mm-hmm. as, and moved mm-hmm. and created something new. And, and especially like a circle of friends. I'm curious. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm curious. Uh, have you lost friends in this transition? Um, have you discovered things about people you thought you knew well um, mm-hmm. that didn't really surface until you were no longer a part of that? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't want to talk about that, I totally get it. But I'm, I'm just curious because peer pressure is a real thing. Oh, yeah. It's such <laughs> and, a real thing. And, and real friends are real friends. Mm-hmm. And then there's people you think are your friends that might not be. And if they're right. your real friends, they will support you in whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I'm curious uh, on that side of things, how that's affected you. Yeah, I mean, I think you kind of just answered it. Like the friends that I had that were my true friends, we've stayed friends. I mean, I was very lucky in that I did kind of a geographical change. I came back to Charlotte and reconnected with friends from high school who our relationship foundation was not built on drinking. So we were able to reconnect. I introduced reintroduced myself as a non-drinker. And nobody really had a problem with it, to be honest. I think maybe one person made one comment about wishing they could get drunk with me. Right. And that's like the only thing in the last four years that I've encountered. And, you know, my members, they aren't necessarily having the same experience as me. So I do hear a lot of stories of people whose friends pressure them to drink mm-hmm. or this thing that really irks me, which is like, you're fine. You don't have a problem. Like, why are you stopping? You can have one. And it's just like so disrespectful and discouraging to someone who's making a positive lifestyle choice for this friend or family member to pressure them to drink. But often, and I say this, you know, whenever I get this question, it's when someone is pressuring you to drink, when they care what you have in your glass, they most likely have their own separate issues with alcohol and it has nothing to do with you. They just want you to be on their Misery level. Misery loves company, yeah. right? One hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. You but know, most people don't care. Honestly, most people do not care. I go to a lot of parties and bars, and yeah. nobody nobody looks at me twice. If you it, care of if somebody else is drinking, if that if that really offends you, like their decision to drink or not, you have a problem. Well, a lot of times, I don't know if it's alcohol, but you have a problem with your brain. It's right. like narcissists right they put other people down to make themselves feel better Mm -hmm. you probably see that a lot like they they might have a problem and they see that you're strong enough to overcome what could have been a problem if you know and and they're having a hard time doing so so they might hate on you for that you know like that's that's your fault like (laughs) it's strange and another thing that's that i'm thinking about just my own experience and how i came into charlotte and, and i didn't know anybody when i moved to charlotte in 2010 like literally did not know anyone and how I met a lot of people was the bar scene, right? And I would say I had a, a pretty big circle of a lot of people that I would consider friends. Well, then you get married, then you have kids, and you have a second kid. And you realize all those people that you used to hang out with every weekend, some of them haven't even come to see your kid. I have some mm-hmm. that haven't even seen either of my kids, and one of them is about to turn four years old. That's not a friend. That was a bar acquaintance, right? That was somebody that I thought was a friend, but really we were just using an outlet of a bar to hide our own problems and quote unquote call this friendship. You really find out who your friends are once you got away from that scene, right? And and I I will be the first one to say I haven't completely walked away from drinking, but I definitely walked away from that lifestyle. And I would say my friend base shrunk by at least 50%. But I look back on it, I love those people, but I don't miss them. Mm-hmm. I wish the best for them, but I'm not going to call them. Right. 
You know, we've gone different directions. And to me, if you're not wanting to meet my kids and really experience what I consider to be my next step in life, then you're no longer part of my life. And that's cool. But I think that's a really interesting thing that you've kind of realized that you're you're now rekindling those friendships with people that were developed without alcohol. Mm -hmm. You know, how many true friendships? I'm not saying that it doesn't happen, but how many true friendships do you have where if, if that was the only thing that it was around, if you took that component out, would they still be there? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got some deep stuff coming over here. I'm just, I'm thinking it's, it's just kind of crazy. Like there's some friends I look back on and I'm yeah. like, damn, like, and I'm not going to name names, but like, there's some people that I'm like, they still have never met my kids. <laughs> no name And it's names. like, it's like, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like, it's like, and then it's like, if I ran into him, this is the, this would be, oh dude, where you been, man? Never seen you. What are you doing? Mm. Well, I'm not. Not the bar, twenty four. I'm not. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. It's just kind of crazy. That's the thing. It's just there's just so so much surface level friends, and then for me, it's like the quality, not the quantity. So like, I have a couple best friends, and a lot of them drink, but like we have a a friendship that's built on so much more than that. Mm -hmm. That like it outlasted, you know, my drinking habits. Yeah. Well, I think that's so cool. Now. Tell us um, what, you know, kind of is your favorite part about the group and and where do you see this in the next, you know, 2022? I mean, what what's kind of the immediate thing? Are we looking to get, you know, partner up with different organizations to be able to do events? Like what can this community do to not only support you, but what are you looking forward to in this? Yeah, I am. I mean, I'm looking forward to both growing the community in Charlotte as well as virtually and you know down the road the long-term plan would be to be expanding into other cities but first we want to get the Charlotte community really strong and build you know the frequency of events that we have I think we'd even the membership right now is just for women but I would love to and have been talking to people about expanding to opening it up for anybody that wants to join Um, and changing the conversation and making change within our our own spaces and encouraging bars and restaurants to add non-alcoholic drinks to their menu and just kind of eliminating this this barrier or this stigma or this like fear of not drinking and just making it cool and fun to go out and drink or not drink but mm-hmm. just make it less of a big deal yeah. um, so it's it's influencing conversations about alcohol and alcohol use I um, as you mentioned I'm a coach so I'm expanding the coaching practice and doing group coaching and working to work with, um, I work with women. So women that, you know, they don't identify as an alcoholic, but they recognize that something is unsettling or uncomfortable about their drinking and they don't want to just quit. They want to like eliminate the desire and the reliance on alcohol and using it as this like crutch or coping mechanism. Mm -hmm. So have you ever met um, a guy named Bart Noonan? No, I haven't. Okay. <laughs> I need to introduce you to him. So it's he runs guy. West Boulevard Ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a recovering addict. Uh, he has a hell of a story. And he is what I would consider a pioneer in that type of a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Now, a lot of his is driven um, you know, through his, his religion. But at the same time, he is somebody out there that's, that's supporting the, the people that need it the most. And... He has a lot of of great contacts. I think you should have a conversation with him sometime. I'd love to make that introduction. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. Um, he is a, an electric personality. I'll just warn you. <laughs> but he's great, and what he does, it's all in. It's all from experience. And now he is a hundred percent sober. Um, he's back to being a great husband and a great father, a great leader, and what he's been able to achieve 
for West Boulevard and that whole area is pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. And it's all based on on that, like power of positivity, but really the power of not allowing drugs or alcohol to influence or take over your life. Mm -hmm. um, I think you two would have a lot of synergy. And um, although it's not an exact correlation or, or you know, thing, I just think it's it, you guys, you guys need to connect to see if there's ways that you can help each other. So yeah, I'm gonna make that happen. Right. That'd be wonderful. Um, Thank you. So before we let you go, how can people? I have. I, I bet there's a lot of people that are listening to this. That if you're listening, it's gonna at least challenge you. Like, am I drinking too much? Like, I, was this an option? Like, you know, just what are the options out there? What? How can people get in contact with you? How can they learn more about uh, Counterculture Club? And what's the best way for for them to uh, to reach out? Yeah. Uh, well, one thing I want to say, what you were saying about people listening and kind of questioning their drinking is like that's that's totally okay and. You can look at the way that you drink with curiosity rather than judgment and just start like paying attention to it and kind of looking at your use and, and asking yourself questions and getting going from there. But um, to find us, you can follow us on Instagram. It's at counterculture underscore club. And then our website is countercultureclub.org. And my um, Instagram is just my name, Molly Ruggeri. Love it. And also before before we close out, um, just curious, like your coaching, is that kind of a one-on-one -on -one thing or are you doing speaking engagements or a little bit of both? Or? Yeah, the coaching right now I have private one-on-one -on -one clients, but in February I'm going to be launching a group coaching program. So that will be for people that want to kind of be coached in a community. So it'll be like a smaller group, but, but yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for asking. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Very cool. I, I think anything that you can find that you're passionate about and earn some sort of income and help others is a win-win-win scenario. And congratulations that you've found that and Thank that you've you. done a really hard thing. Thank you. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. I'm super impressed. For sure. Yeah. Thank I you for it. sharing with yeah, us. Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I think th the one thing me and Scott talk about a lot on on this podcast in general is – it's so neat to find leaders in this community that are passionate about something, but take their own experiences and use that to help others. And this city has so many people that do that um, up and down the board. It doesn't matter if it's, you know, alcohol, drugs, business, you know, cancer, whatever it is. There's all these groups that do that. And you've taken your own experiences and said, hey, how can I use this to find more people that are like me that I can hang out with? But now taking that and turning into a business turning into coaching, that's what life's all about, mm -hmm. right? Like like taking your experiences and teaching people. Like I have two kids right now and like I, my goal in life now is to raise them to be good human beings. Right now, I don't know what's gonna happen, you know? <laughs> We're still up to debate on these two little rugrats, but we are working hard. We are working hard. But that's that's me, and I and I feel like you've kind of done that as well. Like not necessarily like children per se, but you've taken it and said, well, hey, if I can do it, then there's probably somebody else that's dealing with this. and. Why not? And I think that's so um, commendable. That's amazing. Thank so that's you. so cool. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, awesome. Well, everybody, please check out Molly. Go check out Counterculture Club. Reach out to her. She is awesome. Uh, we can't wait to see where this goes from here. Check out some of their events. Um, and, and I love what she said. You know, you don't have to necessarily look at your drinking and think that it's a problem, but just be curious about it. Um, you know, trying to open up your eyes to, to what you're doing and how that's influencing your life. And, um, and you never know. I mean, maybe this is something for you or maybe it's something that you can learn more about, but super excited to, uh, to share your story. Wish you the best on this. And if you are listening, please like, share, comment. Like I said, check out Molly, check out counter, counter culture club. 
And again, uh, Molly, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Brand Butters Podcast. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Molly. You've been listening to the Brand Builders Podcast, brought to you by the Dunstan Group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. For branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last, check out the Dunstan Group at dunstangroup.com.